So today, we're going to be talking about renovate your mind. Renovate your mind to transform your life. Amen. It sounds like those motivational speakers' teachings, right? But not really, guys. Renovate your mind to transform your life. So you may have noticed that recently I started, uh, uh, how do I put it down? I started kind of, I don't use the word tweak. Uh, I'm mo- I don't know how to put it here, but it's, oh, I just started making some changes to my teaching as to how I tie to my messages. And the reason why I do that, and this is for part of the teaching and development of you guys in the house here, is to make our messages relevant and to help you guys remember it. Right? How many people remember the picture of the castle I, sh- I showed last week? Yeah. Strong was fantastic. So you may not remember many of the things that I said, but those pictures remain in your mind. Even just before I came in, I was still working hard as, as possible to see what can I bring in. And I'm going to show you a video clips this morning that no judgment, no judgment. And uh, I'm going to be watching you guys' face and, and body language. And anybody who, who raises their nose at that video, <laughs> praise the Lord. Let's turn our Bibles to Romans chapter 12, verse 2. 1 and 2. Romans 12, 1 and 2. I'll be reading from the New King James Version. So it reads, it says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what, what, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Verse 2 is our focus today. It said that you may, what, that you may prove what is acceptable and perfect will of God. But before you are able to prove what is acceptable and perfect will of God, what is good um, and acceptable and perfect will of God, what must you do? You must first of all renew your mind. You, uh, sorry, you must first of all stop conforming to this world, renew your mind so that you can prove. So key words we should be looking at today is the word conform, transform, renew, prove. Conform, transform, conform, transform, renew, prove. And you can move it all around, conform, uh, renew, tra- conform, okay. Conform, transform, renew, prove. Conform, transform, renew, prove. Conform, transform, renew, prove. Praise the Lord. Amen. So he said, do not be conformed to this word, but be ye transformed, that's the second word, by the renewing of your mind so that you may be able to prove. Do not be conformed, but be transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind so that you can prove. Praise God. So that same word, um, renew, means renovate. To renovate, right? Yeah. <clears throat> to renovate. And that word transform needs to be completely changed. Amen. So that's my intro. Uh, so I'm going to do is this. Uh, if you, maybe go on, um, if you go on that thing that you see um, uh, a, a scene titled Shared, uh, you can play the video, please. It's on, it's on your screen there. Yeah. So, guys, I'm going to play video clips for you guys to see um, some stuff. So, watch this. Amen. 
So what you saw when that shed was piled with rubbish is the before. And then you saw a still photograph in the middle, and that was when that was a process of the renewing. And then you saw the after that seems to be empty, and you can see the person's bicycle. So when they had all of the rubbish in, did I hear? Okay, I'm just checking. When they had all of the rubbish in the shed, right, they could not even reach the items kept in the shed. So the question is, was the shed meant to be using, was meant to be used for storing rubbish? No. But why did the person use that to store rubbish? Was the shed fulfilling its purpose by being used to store rubbish? Was it useful for anything else when you had all manner of rubbish piled up in it? So the Bible says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So friends, what are you using your mind for? Are you using your mind for what, you, what the Lord gave you your mind to be used for? What are you using your mind for? Amen. Before I go further on that, and, look, and start looking into definitions about conform. Conventionally or generally, it's believed that when you give your life to Christ, that's it. That's the end of it. It's one thing to give your life to Christ. The Bible says, if any man or woman be in Christ Jesus is a new creature, all things are passed away and all things become new. But that should be sufficient for you now you're born again. But the Bible is also telling us that do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may be able to prove what is good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Are we saying that being born again is not sufficient? Don't forget that when you look at the context of the book of Romans, chapter 1 to chapter 11, um, Paul focused on explaining, helping the Roman church, the church in Rome, to understand righteousness. That righteousness is by faith and not by works. You can't earn righteousness. Amen. You can't earn righteousness. Can you help me with the windows, please? One reason why I had to uh, wear this uh, microphone. You can't earn righteousness by your own effort, right? But by faith. And then he then said in um, verse, what's called? In the in second verse, in second verse, sorry, sorry. Romans chapter 1 to 11, I got distracted because of the noise coming in there. Romans chapter 1 to 11, Paul focused on helping you understand that what righteousness means. And from chapter 12 of verse 1, he then started explaining to you how to respond to the goodness and the kindness of God, to the gift of righteousness. So this letter was not written to unsaved people. It was written to Christians. So the Bible is, is telling us here that it is not enough for you to only to be born again. Don't forget 1 Timothy chapter 2. The Bible says that the will of God is this, that all should come to the faith and to come to the knowledge of the truth. So it's one thing to be saved. It's another thing to come to the knowledge of the truth. And God puts those scriptures, those words together, that all men, that all, all men and women may be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. So you can't have one, you shouldn't have one to the exclusion of the other. So you can know the truth, but if you don't give your life to Christ, if you don't receive the gift of salvation, you cannot receive the gift of eternal life. You cannot come into a perfect relationship with the Father. 
So you got to be saved and you got to come to the knowledge of the truth. Jesus said, and you shall know, if you continue in my word, watch this, if you continue, uh, let's go, John 8, 31 and 32. If you continue in my word, Notice that word, continue in my word. Then you are my disciples and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Wait, 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 wait. Is it not enough to be Jesus' disciple? So why do you then need to know the truth? Jesus is also telling you that there's more freedom. There's, there's more freedom that God has given to you in Christ Jesus, in himself, in his finished works. Speaking in advance, I, I, I want to put it that way. Right? But for you to actually experience the freedom that God has given to you in Christ Jesus, you got to come to the knowledge of the truth. Friends, would you agree with me that no ma- if you don't change the way you think, if you keep living your lifestyle like the people of the world, you cannot experience the freedom that God has given you to you in Christ Jesus. You cannot receive it because your mind is plugged, is clogged, is cluttered like that shed. Amen. So when your mind and your life is cluttered like that shit, now tell me, where, how would you have capacity to receive the truth of God? Is that shed built? Yes, it was, it was built. Is it painted? Is it, you know, yes, it's a functioning shed. But is that what it was designed for? No. Can it be used to do what it's meant to do? No. Why? Because it's cluttered and clogged with things that are not designed to be inside it. So what have you clogged and cluttered your mind with? So many people wonder why they are struggling to actually believe in God, receive faith, I mean, receive the gift and the blessings of God. They are struggling why they are experiencing the depression, the anxiety. They are experiencing the terrible and, di- and difficult things that the people of the world are experiencing. Making terrible mistakes like marrying the wrong person. Jumping from relationship to relationships. Divorce after divorce, anxiety after anxiety, therapy after therapy. And they are wondering why, how miserable their life is. And many begin to say things like, it is the will of God, it's the plan of God. You know, in life there's suffering. I'm going to teach on the suffering of life one day. Should we, let's question you. Should we not check ourselves? Should you not check yourself? What are you believing? What have you held on to? Yes, you are a Christian, you are saved, you are born again. But I used to conforming to the world. Most of the time, we look at conform from the point of um, behavior, mannerism. But principally here, Paul is talking about your mind. Friends, actions follows thinking. Actions follows thoughts. Your behavior follows the way you think. I repeat, your behavior follows the way you think. How you behave is determined by how you think. Unfortunately, the church at large try to focus, particularly religious churches, try to focus on behavior. But what we should focus on is how we think, our thought life. Our thought life. So if you continue to think like the people of the world, Don't expect to grow. Don't expect transformation. Don't expect your life to be changed. 
Don't expect to experience the peace and the perfect will of God. Don't expect it. I'm not cursing you. I'm just telling you what the true fact is. So to give your life to Christ is a first stage. The journey has just begun. You, if you, if you, if you, you know, die after you give your life to Christ, will you be with the Lord Jesus? Absolutely. But will you experience quality life on earth? Will you be? Would Would you be useful to God? No. Friends, God did not create you and I to live for ourselves. Second Corinthians chapter five tells us that anyone whom the Lord, everyone who have received the gift of uh, the gift of salvation should no longer live unto themselves, but unto Christ who died for them. I think we need to revisit the foundation of Christianity. What is the gospel really? Many people think being a Christian is to be financially prosperous. Many people have attributed many things to Christianity from the point of what they can get. So many people don't even have a clue or an idea what Christianity really means. So when we don't understand the purpose of Christianity in our lives, and we don't know the result we are supposed to expect or the outcome we should experience, then we live like... Lord Jesus, help me here. Let me to be very nice. Today is, um, yesterday was my barbecue, so today I just, I just didn't be nice. We live like miscreants. We live, we, li- we live like people with no direction. We live aimlessly, thoughtlessly. I'm not insulting us. I'm trying to really paint the picture so that if your life seems to be to look like what I'm describing now, you can start thinking of changing your ways and so that your heart can be open to receive what I'm going to walk us through. Amen. I've listened to many Christians and I can confidently tell you that I've hardly come in my entire life. I don't think I've met up to 20, of all the Christians I've met in my entire life, I don't think I've met up to 10% P of um, true Christians. Christians who know what Christianity means. I'm not inflating the number. I'm not exaggerating. I know what I'm saying. I know that we're in different stages of our Christian walk. But the things that I see among many believers, you can just tell they do not know what Christianity is. When a pastor who labors on you in the word and in the word of righteousness is talking to you, he said, no, he's, he's too young. No, uh, he doesn't have plenty of members in this church. No. He just shows you don't know what Christianity truly is. Did you remember at some point in the book of John chapter is it five after Jesus had preached and the Bible says all of his disciples left him from that day forward except for the few. So in today's, in today's dispensation, people will have said it is finished for that pastor. Do you know what I equate to? A pastor with a congregation of over 5,000 people and the second Sunday, following Sunday, he came to church and over 5,000, okay, maybe he had 5,500, 5,012. He has 5,012. And the following Sunday, the entire auditorium was empty. People will say, can you see? When these are golly bull and demonic men of God, many of which are also on, on, on the media today, they'll say, can we see? When we're, tell- when we're teaching him the concept of the ministry, how to grow the ministry, <clears throat> he said our mouth is smelling. He said we didn't know what we were saying. We told him, we said, there's, there's a way you position, there's a way you talk, you know, there's a way you control and manipulate people, even though they don't use the word manipulate. There's a way you put fear in people to, for people to keep coming to church. But that's contrary to what we saw in the life of Jesus. Jesus looked at his disciples, the remaining 12. He said, do you want to leave as well? So I can say to all of you here, guys, if you want to leave, leave. I'm not sending you up. I'm just telling you, 
I don't give a rip. My focus is to do the will of him who sent me. Whoever stays on board, glory be to you, glory be to God. And kudos to you. If you don't stay, all the best. And I thank God who helped me to understand this before I go too far, before I go far in this work and this assignment. And that's why I say to people, I am not a pastor. I am a child of God called to pastor. My relationship with God is more, vi- is more crucial to him, is more important to him than my vocation. My vocation and my pastoring is secondary to God. My relationship with him is primary. And the quality of my, of my relationship with the Father is what will drive the quality of my vocation. Amen. The quality of my Christian life. The qu- Friends, now, I've not gotten to my notes yet. I'm just speaking to you from my spirit. So if what I had in my, in my mind is junk, I can't give you substance. Many of the things I've called out in the past 10 minutes are word of knowledge. I've not started teaching. Amen. How you cannot know what is in people is from what they are saying. Listen to them properly. So conforming to the world. So if we are saying, if in our lives, unfortunately, I'll finish that statement. I'll go into that one. <laughs> unfortunately, many of us don't see. Can, okay, unfortunately, many of us cannot even tell what is God's best. You know why? Because we don't know what God's best is. So we accept what the world offers us to be normal and we give reasons to it. Friends, there must always be a supernatural difference between you and your next door neighbor. And anyone who is unsafe, there must always be a supernatural reason. I'm not talking about a financial difference. That's a reason. Difference. I'm not talking about financially such that you, you drive a Lexus and they drive a Lexus, you drive a Lexus. Or they drive a Lexus, you drive a Range Rover. That's nonsense. How many Range Rovers did Jesus have? None. But this one, the Bible says to us in the book of Philippians chapter 6, He said, do not be anxious about anything. It's a 4, 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but by prayer, supplication, and thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. And the peace of God that surpasses all, of the, all understanding that guard your heart and mind. There's a peace that, that surpasses all understanding. The Bible says in the book of Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3, He said, um, if you set your heart... It will keep in perfect peace those whose heart is stayed upon him. See, there's a perfect peace that the world does not have. See, regardless of how the people present themselves in the world, on TV, they, are, they know things are missing in their lives. So if you don't know what the core of Christianity truly is, you will be shooting and aiming for what the people of the world are aiming for, hoping they will get fulfillment from it, but they can't get it. Amen. Some people think to be, to be a Christian means that you must be financially successful. So what happens to villages, to countries where there's extreme poverty? Does that mean that they are not quality Christians or Christianity is failing? And I'm not saying that Christians should not excel when they're able to excel, to do well financially when they're able to do well. But I'm telling you that the essence of Christianity is not for financial gain, it's not for material gain, material accomplishment. Amen. Praise the Lord. So that's my intro. Let's get into it. So, four key words we are looking at. Conform, transform, renew, prove. Now, what does it mean to conform? Conform means to, be, to fashion alike. You know, to conform to the same pattern. To fit into the mold. 
No, a dictionary defines it as to behave according to the social, socially acceptable conventions or standards. So many of us in our thinking, we are conforming to the, we are, uh, we are, we are adapting ourselves to the, to the, to the, to the customs of our society. Friends, the, the culture you live in, the culture of the day you live in, should not determine the standards by which you live. I repeat, the culture of the day you live in, Shanice, can you hear that? Can you hear that? The culture of the day you live in, or the societal strengths of the day you live in, should not determine the standard of your living. The quality of your living should not determine how you live. So your culture should not influence you. Or should not, I'll put it this way. The culture should not determine how you live. The word of God should determine how you live. Because the culture you're talking about is determined and set by who? Mostly ungodly people who do not have the mind of God. So if our main point of reference for quality living is the world, we are in problem. And that's why we are getting what the world is getting. You know, I would never believe that in my lifetime that many young girls and women will be fighting to advocate abortion. I don't understand. And people become so mentally deranged that they, are, they call a life a tissue in a woman's body. And that people will call a pregnant animal, they, they consider what is the fetus in an animal something of value but the fetus in a human being tissue this is absolute madness to the highest order in the in the history of mankind quote me anywhere report me to any authority when day and age where we're going to manifest the wisdom of god the, the people of what think they are wise technology and things but they will see they will see manifestation of the of they will see manifestation of the wisdom of god I repeat, it is, to, it, is me, it is mental derangedness. I've not seen that in the dictionary. It is to be mentally deranged to say the fetus in an animal, a dog, a puppy, or a cat, no, a dog, or a cat, is precious, a precious life. But the human being, human being in the womb of a whole person is tissue. It is madness. Let the advocates and the people come and face me in person. And we talk about this. It is a madness. So if you're a nurse, because I've met nurses who believe this nonsense. If you're a nurse who place more value on animal life than on human life, you have mental health problem. You have mental health problem. We need to, we need to send you to the psychiatric. Amen? Yes. But do you know that even for people like Matt Walsh and some other guys who are speaking, who are standing their ground, our young people, many of our teenagers whose head is not correct these days, they will be indoctrinated into this nonsense. Yeah, it depends. Now, there's no absolute right and wrong. It depends. It depends on what? On who? Praise the Lord. So, people then wonder why there's so much death in their life. Insanity, all manner of 
dirty, disgusting, horrible things that human beings are going through. When believers are trying to adapt to this societal standard, they wonder why they are experiencing the same thing. And then some pastors will then help them to spiritualize it. You know, God does things in mysterious ways. The devil is a bastard. God, God cannot, you know, God, God, God is a mystery God. The devil is wicked. Amen. So it is crucial that we check ourselves. How am I conforming to the standards of the world? And I said, except we give ourselves to reading our Bible, friends, we will not know what God's best is. A person, a woman who reads their Bible, who meditates on the word of God, can say, no, abortion is murder. Abortion is what? Murder. And I'm not talking about abortion that needs to be carried out because it's a threat to the life of the baby and the mother. Because when this matter is brought up, those riffraffs, the first thing they do is to pull all of this. And I thank God for this privilege to speak to, into the lives of the people here this morning and listen to me or watching online. Because I'm challenging you to start thinking and not go with the flow. The Bible says, do not live as thoughtless human beings. Use your mind. So where do you get your truth from? Young people will go on social media to get their spiritual feed. You are going to the wrong place. I repeat, young, because I've come across many young people now who said well, how they get their spiritual feed. They go on Twitter or they go on TikTok and they type in hashtag Christian, blah, blah, blah. And they, that's where they go to digest. And you, you consume all manner of nonsense. What, what, what's wrong with your Bible? So I'm, I'm now encouraging you to be very nice. Friends, if you don't have a good church, go talk to God about it. Pray, search, research, and let God lead you to a good church. Social media is not a place to go and find your spiritual feed. You get all manner of nonsense. Different people with different ideology, with different intention, different motives. You know social media, you know it's about views to a, to a large extent. It's about views. So whatever people want to hear is what other people will re-echo. Majority will re-echo so that they can get the views and the followership. So you've gone in the wrong direction in the first place. Praise the Lord. And the Bible says, so to conform also means to conduct oneself in accordance with the accepted, no the accepted norms of a society or group. You know, they say things like, it's normal, you know, you know that's a trend, that's a thing raining. And this is one of the reasons why I have problems with religions. The, the clothing itself, I don't have a problem with it. But the fact that it's a trending thing is why I have a problem with it. Because a king and a queen will not wear ripped clothes. So the world may be going in the direction of fashion that looks to me to some degree insane. I'm not saying you are insane, but the, when I see ripped clothes as a king in my own right, according to the word of God... Right, it's just not right. It's just not normal to me. I'm not, guys, I'm not saying don't. I'm not saying don't wear your ribbons. Wait, young people, wear your ribbons. Wait as you want it. But I'm saying to you, how I see myself, I see myself as a as a king. The Lord said to me one day, "I hand picked you for this generation." So there's so much value in my on my life, right? I don't want to dilute the value of my life by trend. Who sets the trend? Somebody think in their brain that this thing is cool and every one of us bought, and not me, I don't have one, and everybody bought into it. Pastors, 
preachers, even respected preachers. Congratulations. But but for me, I carry too much value to wear it close. Too much. Amen. I carry too much value to wear some tight jeans that I cannot walk and behave like somebody who said it's not correct. I carry too much. So you wonder why my head is always correct because I don't go by trend. My head is always set, always, always straight because I don't dilute my value with trend. Wear your regions. My friends wear half regions. You can even buy more. But I'm saying, for me, I carry too much value. Young people, let me tell you the destructive things about trend. So when you go for anything trending, especially negative ones, you lose your power and your strength to stand your position, to, to secure your place of uniqueness. Did, did you hear me? Did you hear? Did you hear? If that's too big, let me repeat it. So when you go with trends, I've observed this thing for many years. When you do anything trendy that does not come from point of decision, you gradually begin to lose inner strength to secure your uniqueness. And then you wonder why you are not stable. Friends, I'm telling you what I've taken my time to study for over 15 years. See, if you want to learn to be a person of value, a virtue that is strong, that holds their ground, that does not conform, that is stable regardless of the compromising situation, you have to stop learning. You have to start learning to not go with trends. A trend may come up and you look, you, you, you look at it objectively and ask yourself, do I want to go with it? Why? So something may be trendy and good, but you don't go with it because it is trendy. You go with into it or you, you use it or you flow with it because it's something you choose to do. That's why we have this problem with groupthink. People are think, people are not using their brain anymore. It is so sad. You can tell that this is it's painful. Believers find themselves among unbelievers. And the unbelievers cannot see that this person is different. The Bible says you are the light of the world. Young people, if you go out, or hard us if you go out, and your friends cannot, the friends you go out with, and they cannot, they can't see a difference in you. Or tell other people that this person is a Christian. Not because you said it, but because they know what you stand for. You have a problem. Amen. So even if I shut, the, shut down the service now, I'll share something with you to take home to go and think. This trend thing will destroy you. And it's only a matter of time. Then you wonder when you are 60, when you are 70, you don't have very strong morals to walk your, young, your, your, your grandchildren through. Because you've been going with the trend for so many years. You've not been... You've not been decisive. So believers must learn to be decisive. Look at the situation. Look at the thing and ask yourself, what are the pros and cons of this? Why do I want to do this? Don't forget where we are going. We are going to, to be able to prove what is that good and acceptable, the perfect will of God. Single girls, you wonder why you, you keep attracting mad boys. The question we should ask you is, do you know what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God? Do you know what God's standard of marriage and relationship is? They tell you that after the third date, you can kiss. Who initiated it? Who designed that concept? So you met a boy, you are waiting for the third day so that you can kiss him. And kissing leads to something else. And when he has his feeling, he dumps you. You say, man has come. Let me not slap you by the power of the Holy Ghost. 
You follow the standards and the norms of the world. And you wonder why you are still single. Because you are checking men, checking guys by the checklist given to you by the world. You want to go into relationship for what you can get. Watch out for this drama. Me, myself, and Jeremy will throw it. I'm still planning it in my mind. You know, what, what do you want in a man? What do you want in a woman? There's some non-negotiables that a young lady or a young guy, Christian, should have when it comes to going into relationships. But at the same time, no Christian guy or Christian girl should go into any form of romantic relationship for the purpose of what they can get. It is anti-Christ. It is contrary to the nature of Christ. It is selfish to the call. Actually, was leading us in prayer this morning. It is selfish to the nature of Christ. Because when you go into that marriage, what you, into that relationship, and eventually you get married, you'll be, you, you'll be on the outlook for what you want to get and what you can get. The Bible tells us that it's more honorable to give than to receive. Marriage is about two people coming together to fulfill God's purpose, and both parties must be bringing stuff to the table. Some young people marry so that they can have a boy or a girl to display as an object to their friends. <sighs> when has things gone so bad like this for us? Well, anyway, that's how I was raised anyway. I have a fine babe. I have a fine guy. You know one of the reasons why we have some, we have some demonic in situations in marriages today is because people from the foundation of the marriage conform to the standard of the world. Even in the marriage, they are conforming to the standards of the world. And they are wondering why they are not experiencing happy marriage that they are supposed to have experience. And I'm not saying that marriages don't have challenges. But I'm saying if your marriage is not experiencing God's good, acceptable and perfect, if every marriage is not progressing, check Check yourself. What culture, what principles, what, what principles did your parent lay down for you? How to treat a man, how to treat, to treat a woman. What did they teach you? Which you have held so high. My mother said, my mother said, my father said. But what did God say? My mother said, my father said. What did God say? No, I'm not saying your mother did not say, your father did not say. say what did God say about marriage? Did Bible not say submit one to another? Amen. That's the one we're going to point to. Amen. So let me move us forward so that we, we can wrap it up, wrap this up next week. So there's a pressure to conform. There is a pressure. We are constantly bombarded with pressure or by pressure to conform. You know, some groups we belong to, if you don't behave the way they behave, they threaten you with... Um, What's it called? With some privileges to be taken away from you. You will not be able to do this. You will not be able to do that. Amen. I'm, I'm, I pause there because I'm thinking, should I use this example? Okay, I'll use it. Michael Jordan. I don't know what his life has become now, but when he was a young chap, when he was playing basketball. So, he was a rookie. He was new in basketball then, into NBA, I think. And... There was a night he was looking for everybody. So they went to play. I think they traveled to play a game. And one night he was looking for all of the guys. And he couldn't find any of them. So he got to this door and he knocked on the door. And he went and there was, a side, there was no response. Then he had shh, someone trying to motion other guys to be quiet. And then I think they then realized that it was him. Then they said, it was, they said, he's a rookie. 
they are fine. Because if they were raided, it's like being a big problem for them, probably disqualified for the game and kind of things like that. So he said they opened, they opened the door and they let him in. And they said he saw drugs on one side, women on the other side. So the guys that were meant to be sleeping and thinking of what to do with their life and how to how to hand well in their in their game and hand well in their life, they were busy doing drugs and doing girls. But do you, tell me hear this. But do you know what he said? He said he thought if they were ready that night, it would have been very bad for them. I said they didn't want to pop out of this. I said they would rather be alone. And this guy went back. He was by himself. And then there were videos about how he was hovering. <clears throat> so for a very long period of time, he was always by himself. And that was the best basketballer on the team. And I was watching the guy, as I was watching this video, in my mind, I believe the reason why that guy exuded strength beyond the ordinary was because he did not give his body to death. When he said to death, to drugs, to women and stuff. Because... Any and everything the Bible says is not good for your body, you should abstain from, will destroy you. Amen. So, you know, John, okay, Michael Jordan, well, he plays hard, he, he, he practices hard. But I saw the work of righteousness operate in his body. I've done stuff in my life, I've seen the impact of certain things on my brain and how certain things deaden my brain and things like that. That guy was always happy, always. So he didn't have weight on his mind. So many of us, he said, the reason why we are not functioning as we ought to function in our life is because of those junk, clutter in our heart, like I showed you from that shed. And if we don't recognize them and start pulling them out like I did, so that shed is my shed anyway. So uh, if you laugh, nobody is permitted to laugh in this place. <laughs> 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 the class captain now is not speaking. I guess so. I bought a lot of stuff last uh, last November, December. I was very tired. So every so all of the boxes that we changed our parts and stuff like that. I was just dumping them there, dumping them there. Until one day, I was gonna go get um, uh, to uh, toiletries, and and it, it was it was it was a mess. You know, I had to lie. Okay, I had to bend. I had to lie. I had to. I mean, lie on the on on, on the boxes. You, you okay? You get some water. I get some. So on the camera. Okay, yeah. So I had to, I had to lie on the boxes. I had to dig my hand into it. I had to before I could reach. I said, no, this is not good. So one afternoon after work, I, put, I, I the video is not complete. I, I, I filmed how I packed my car with those rubbish and I drove everything to the tip. Recycling. Uh, second center. Two trips. So trip one was one on the outside. The trip two, every to the side of my, I mean, even rubbles were sitting on, on, the, on, on the passenger seat with me. I said, today, all of you are out of this place. Amen. So back to Jordan. So Jordan did not conform to the standards of the boys or what men represent in his age. And we saw what his life produced to a very much extent. Sin damages the brain. Sin destroys the mind. So I was talking about pressure. You know, I was checking myself out in the mirror. Was it two days ago? I've, I've done my wife, I think I've done it twice now. And I was like, guy, like, I'm looking younger, and the tenny just, the tenny just laugh or smile. Did, did, did that just happen? We have a conversation after the, after the service. I was like, man, I, I'm looking handsome. Somebody may say, well, we're not handsome enough. Well, that's your own problem. Anyway, I'm like, 
I look, I look much younger. And I was comparing my looks now to what it was like about two, three months ago or before I cut off from one toxic relationship in my life. I get to me. So many of us, to some extent, I think to some extent, I think I was conforming to the standard of that relationship and it was ruining my mind, ruining my life, ruining my health. So what I'm trying to say to us, conforming to the standard of those people in your life who are ungodly is damaging you. Is destroying you. I'm trying to kind of sell the value of quality Christianity to you this morning. The peace of God has surpassed all understanding. That you can be at any place, good place, at any time, peaceful. It's something you should aim for. That your brain works the way it should work. That your mind is not saturated with feelings of, your, your emotions are not saturated with feelings of fear, panic, anxiety, fear of death. So it's for you to be able to get to that point whereby you know and know and know that God is for you. That God is with you. He will not allow any harm to happen to you. To get to that point of assurance, man, you got to stop conforming to the world, the standards of the world. You are losing more than you think you are gaining. Amen. You are losing more than you think you are gaining. But because the enemy will not, we, we try as much as possible to ensure that you don't see what the good is, what perfect is, what acceptable is, it will ensure it doesn't allow you to see it so, so that you can, you can embrace and accept what is evil and destructive to your life and your soul. To respect your parents, to honor your parents, to love people, to walk in kindness. Friends, it is not for anyone's good, it's for your own good. There's no such thing as revenging, getting, you know, how do you say it? You know, getting back at people and all. There's no such thing. You are destroying yourself. The world may say that's the way to live. When somebody do this, you have to get back to them, get back at them. Da, 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 da. Friends, what are you becoming in the process? If I'll sit, if I'll do this for 10 weeks, I'm going to do it. To help us think, to help us come to the point of seeing how valuable our lives is and wanting to do something quality with your life stop conforming to the world you have to you need to go through the process of renovating your mind only goodness we're gonna get there amen this was a message i thought i was gonna teach you one, one service amen so people threaten to take privilege privileges away from you what kind of nasty privileges what kind of privileges are they Friends, let, let, let's learn to ask ourselves questions. Ask yourself questions. Be honest with yourself. What value is this adding to me? Is this making me better or bitter? Be honest with yourself. You may say you don't have friends. You're not going to get any friends. For, to be honest with you, until you let go of something that is not of God, you cannot receive that abuse of God. So young girl, if you are holding on to this abusive relationship and you're, trust, and you're trusting God for a happy home or happy marriage, until you let go of that relationship, you cannot receive the gift, the man that got, that, the man after God's heart that will help you build a happy and a stable home. If you don't let go of the skills, the strategies of holding down a man when you're not a witch, 
is to hold him down. Used this to hold him down. Of the holding down, many of you, many of the young girls have been doing. Which of them has walked out, has landed in a good place? Do you know to try to hold a boy down with anything you have, whatever, it, whatever is in your mind or you've been taught? Do you know it's demonic? It's the devil who controls people. Jesus himself did not hold you down. He gave you the free will to accept him. So why do you want to hold a man down with anything possible? Why are you desperate? What makes you think that's the only man in the world who can marry you or the best thing from God to you? Come on, what's wrong with us? So some are aware that they should not conform to this world, but they don't, but they don't take the next step. So we're going to be going to the next step next week, uh, which is about renewing our mind. I said, to, I said to experience a sound Christian life, have stories of life change, which is our focus at the Transformers Church, to change lives, right? And to also personally, and that's why I requested for you guys stories of life change, how do our Transformers Church, you know, uh, being a blessing to you. And I'm so grateful to God to read from you guys. And it's so amazing those stories of life change, right? It encourages me to do more. And I'm, we're going we're gonna to take it to the next step where I'll be looking. I'll, most of the time when I come out to teach and do things because of, it's because of my observation and also things that God leads in my spirit. But things that God leads in my spirit about the needs of the church. I get to me. So to explain the, the stories of life change, and guys, you know what? I want to believe that those guys, you guys will send me those stories of life change, the impact of tristitude on your mind. I want you to go back home and think about this. You will notice that in the areas of your life where, you, where you've experienced changes, you've had to let go of conforming to the standard of the world. The areas of your life where you're still working on yourself, you're still growing to be able to let go of standard of the world, you've not really seen transformation yet. So to experience transformation, I'm glad you guys wrote the story. So you guys will send it, your email to me and took the time to think through it. You can relate to what I'm saying now. right? So if you go back and look at those stories you sent to me, stories of life change you sent to me, and what your life was before then, you notice that there was something you let go to be able to receive God's best. And this is just a starting point. Amen. So to experience to so for you guys who send it to me, so for you to experience more stories of life change in your life, I'm saying to you, you've got to first of all try to understand where am I conforming to this world? What does the culture say is okay, normal, acceptable, perfect? That it is that is contrary to God's way, God's will. That I need to let go so that I can receive God's best. Because guys, look at my hand. My time, my time is fast spent. Look at my hand. So if you're holding on to something and your clo and your, your 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 hands are closed, your fists are clenched to an object. You know, and they are of the world, you cannot receive what else God is offering you. So to receive the God's good, perfect, and acceptable will, or acceptable and perfect will, you gotta open up your hand, let go, so that you can receive. Praise God. To receive God, I let go. Praise the Lord. So uh let me see. So how do we conform to this world? I said by thinking like the world thinks. The lust of the flesh, the lust, uh, the, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And that's what John chapter 2, verse 15. I said, if we think on the same things the world is thinking on, we will get the same result they get. Amen. Let's bow our heads for prayers. Father, we thank you in the name of the Lord Jesus for this morning. We thank you for your word that's come to us. Lord, we pray we'll be encouraged in the name of the Lord Jesus to stand our ground and to do some self-evaluation to identify areas of our lives where... You know, we are conforming to the world so that we can start the process of letting go of our, uh, our way of living, you know, conforming to the world so that we can begin to receive your best in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise God. Awesome.